and welcome to the Dead Letter Movie Podcast. This is episode 33, recorded April 24th, 2018. I'm Tim. I'm Andrew. And we're, uh, well, we've been away for a little bit, a little bit of a hiatus in the uh, post-award season slump. We always need to break. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we do. But uh, there have been movies, and guess what? We've seen some of them. So we're, mm-hmm. this is uh, 2018 Spring Fling Thing Digest something yeah so we'll 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 talk just real briefly about uh, about some of the movies we've seen starting with Ava DuVernay's A Wrinkle in Time your father has accomplished something extraordinary also dangerous he's trapped by a darkness that's actively spreading throughout the universe and the only one who can stop it is you adapted from the the book by Madeline Lengel. Um, not a great adaptation, in my opinion, but not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have not read the book, um, so I didn't have any of that kind of stuff um, associated in it. Um, not that that really matters or anything, but I, I agree. It was a, it was still a pretty good movie. Uh, who else in this movie? It's, it's Oprah, Reese Witherspoon, uh, uh, Mindy, Mindy Kaling, Zach Galifianakis, Michael Pena, Chris Pine. It's it's interesting because like uh, I really wish I knew the kids' names off the top of my head because it's really their movie, um, and it's the the adults that come off as kind of un, un well not uninteresting they're they're not uninteresting but they're just not as they're they're side characters they're they're supporting players and they're meant to be, but it was a little disappointing to not get to see some of these performers you know flex their you know figurative muscle yes I like that yeah. Uh, you feel like, you know, it, it makes sense that Chris Pine is only sort of used in this movie, given the, the nature of his character. And, and apparently that's how he is in the book, too. Yeah. But you, yeah. Kind, of, you kind of feel like, what, the, really? This is all you're going to get to do in this movie? Be sad with your long hair? Um, the, well, no, that's not true. Like, be sad and look like you need a haircut for the whole movie, but whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, on, on the whole, there's there's some some good here. It uh, It strikes... Similar tones, very very creepy tones, unsettling mm-hmm. in in places where the the book was also when it was telling the story, and I thought they did a good job there. Um, Storm Reed uh, as Meg Murray was actually really really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what else she's. Been I don't know in. if she's been in much else. Um, this is her big big breakthrough yeah. role. This this, this um. is this is a big break for her, and it. Really should be. Um, oh, apparently she was in Twelve Years a Slave. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. Yeah, she's not like a huge part of the movie, of course, but yeah, she is in that. But no, she she carries the the part very very well. Uh, very much embodies the character who is very much recognizable from the book. I thought she did a great job. I'm I'm excited mm-hmm. to you know see what else she does in in future movie overall. I'd say B minus. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a B movie. It didn't suck. I didn't hate it. I I did mm-hmm. enjoy it, but I have a hard time really recommending it either. Mm-hmm. Well, especially if you if you have read the book. Yeah, especially in that case. I feel like you can really see the. It feels it feels kind of Disneyfied. Um, and I haven't even read the book, and it feels like it's been Disneyfied, um, and that's and that's interesting cons- considering the director's previous work. But 
that, that is what it is, folks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it's a B minus. It's a good B minus, though. So I enjoyed it. I had, I had a good time. Um, I was surprised that I had such a good time having not read the book. Um, but I wasn't overly confused because um, sometimes that happens when I go see a movie based off of based off a beloved book that they sort of assume we all know. Yeah. Um, and, and, but that didn't happen in this case. So they did a pretty good job in that sense. The set design of it is part of the things that makes it kind of kind of Disney. It's a lot. It's like a big CGI green screen movie for a good chunk of it. Not all of it. And that definitely has that that feeling that Disney movies have had in the last few years. But at times that really plays into the creepiness of it. And and that kind of that made me like it actually probably that's actually probably one of the things that made me like it. So yeah. that and that and Storm. So yeah. yeah. And it's 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 intended to be creepy and unsettling. I mean in in a way that's okay for, for kids. And yeah. I, I thought they accomplished that in in those few scenes, uh, mostly in in the latter third of the movie. Well, that's yeah, it seems to be where that mostly happens. So. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. That's that's a wrinkle in time. B minus from the both of us. Uh, moving on. Here's another source material adaptation. Yeah, uh, Ready Player One by Steven Spielberg. There's nowhere left to go. Nowhere except the oasis. place that feels like I mean anything. A world where the limits of reality are your own imagination. Starring Ty Sheridan, Olivia Cook, Ben Mendelsohn, apparently, who we uh, recently saw in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance. Yep. Who is fantastic as ever. I mean, it's, it's, it's still such a, a pleasure to see him work. I mean, it's 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 weird to me how late in his life his career seems to have really got going. But I mean, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed watching him in everything I've seen him in since. Well, it's you know the same kind of thing happened to Wilfred Brindley. Um, he didn't really get started in movies until The Thing. Um, yeah. this is a totally different situation. But you know, it, it happens. It happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Mark Rylance is. Like, I was actually kind of concerned about how Mark Rylance was going to be in this movie because some of the trailers made him come off a little odd to me. But as it turned out, they just picked the odd moments of that character in the trailer, so it actually worked out pretty well. So I was a trivia company I am affiliated with referred to this as "Remember the '80s, the movie," and that's the best way to to refer to it. I think it's uh, jam packed with all these '80s references that you're either going to be really into or not. Yeah. But even if you only get some of them, and I'm I'm sure I know most of them, but I doubt if I caught more than maybe a third of them on a on a single viewing. It you're still I could spend 24 hours yeah. combing through all this mm-hmm. and would probably still not catch everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think you'd still have a lot of fun watching it. Uh, I've I've likened it in uh, in other conversation to um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is mm-hmm. intentionally different each time it's been adapted for a different medium. This takes the basic idea and makes a movie out of it, whereas the the author Ernest Klein took that same idea and made a book first. It's it's like they're they're both coming from the same place, rather than it being a, a linear progression one to two to three. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's actually it's a very good way of using the medium of film to tell basically the same story. It's different, but I think it's different in a good way. 
Um, the things that they do in the book, you couldn't get done with like without having eight different studios involved. And that's a lot of rights and that's a lot of money. And I think they do a very good job of basically taking the spirit of the book and having those things still happen. And I actually, as a, as a horror film person, they there's something for it for, you know, a lot of us horror junkies in it. Um, and, it and actually, that particular sequence is very telling of Steven Spielberg's geekdom. So <laughs> I thought it was, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool. I also, I'd like the fact that it's a Spielberg movie, which has its pluses and minuses in this case, but I like the fact that it's something that he, it's referencing so many things that he has his hands in that you can almost see this, this way of how he doesn't a hundred percent take himself as seriously as maybe someone else did. But before we recorded, Tim and I actually started to wonder if it was just him being reluctant and yeah, well, and and that's that's been documented is that he was he was reluctant just because you know he didn't want to be tooting his own horn, you know, yeah. so so much. But the the people around him were like, yeah, but so much of what you did in in the eighties and, and and around then is important to the culture. It's you, you have to do some, exactly. So, and, and and there is some, but it's it's not very much. No, and and I and I think it it's an enjoyable movie. It feels a lot like an eighties like fun sleepover movie um is what it is what it feels like um i'm not gonna say it's gonna be like a classic necessarily but it's definitely a fun way to spend your time i would say it's a b plus movie and that's really all it needs to be is a b plus movie yeah uh and so in a sense it sort of accomplishes everything it wants to do which is a pretty good thing in my opinion that's that's a success no matter what even if it is only even if it isn't an a picture i'd still say having b plus in this case is pretty good yeah i uh, i agree with that i mean it's 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 like a b movie but it's a good b movie it's a good b movie uh, but you know that's what spielberg does yeah, um I basically mean, jaws for, yeah jaws is a is a b movie that's just an awesome b movie so yeah apart from you know when he when he is uh, you know feeling a need to make something like a, a prestige picture, which which he does yeah, I mean, here and there. Which he does. I mean, yeah, this is not in the same world as Munich or Schindler's List, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but this is definitely a better movie than like Sugarland Express. Always, there's a movie that no one remembers. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there there are a handful of those that I forget, and it's like, I've seen parts of that, and it's like that was Spielberg. But mm-hmm. um, you, you might get a little bit of that here, but. No, I, I I think the book will probably be more of a cultural touchstone in years to come than than the movie, but the movie is yeah. fun, and that's all it needs to be. So, uh, B plus Ready Player One. Uh, moving on, this is a little bit more recent movie that we've both seen, uh, A Quiet Place, starring and directed John Krasinski, uh, also Emily Blunt. If uh, if you've seen any of the trailers or, or TV spots for this, you you get kind of the gist. It's it's a high concept horror piece around sound and silence, and I thought it did a really great job with it. It never really came off as gimmicky in uh, no. in its in its conceit. And uh, and after Shape of Water, it was cool to see more stuff done with ASL in a film. I I thought that worked really well, and it was cool to see Krasinski and Blunt and the other actors like flex their acting muscles. With not be without being able to use dialogue, I thought that was 
just really cool. Or chewing um, on too much scenery. Or chewing on too much scenery, yeah. And this this is the kind of thing where they could have chewed on too much scenery, but they didn't. It's a monster movie. It's a monster movie um, with sound and uh, with sound and silence. And I think it has probably the best sound direction like that I've seen slash heard. Yeah, heard, I guess. In a, it, <laughs> yeah. Heard, yeah. Uh, I've heard in a movie in like a really long time. When I when I think of movies with really good sound design, like It last year had some really good sound design. Mm. But I think that this movie is might actually have, it probably has better sound design than It did because it relies so much on its sound and its use of silence to to really make the dread work. And I think that's that's really where the film excels. And I can't think of anything, like I can't think of another movie that uses sound so well, except for maybe The Exorcist. And But that's just because I'm thinking of horror films. So there might be something else. But that's, like, I think that's a pretty high caliber to do. And it, it, it meets that very well. I don't know if this movie is going to be like a classic, but it's crafted extremely well. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think this is going to hold up very well. It'll it'll stand the test of time. I I also agree. I don't know if that's going to make it a classic, but mm-hmm. I, I think it will come up in, in conversation among you know, moviegoers and movie lovers in, in years to come. It's like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, people will be able to watch this and it will still be good. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it'll still be good. because Well, I think the fact that it's set in this not-too-distant future in this kind of dystopic world kind of helps it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, there isn't the horror film problem that comes up so much now when you watch an 80s horror film. Like, wouldn't this all be, like, solved if they had cell phones? Like, you know, that's a thing. But, well, it's easy. Be in a world where cell phones can't exist at the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's something that really, that will make it a more timeless film. So we'll, we'll see if it goes down in the annals of, you know, horror classics. But I think it'll be a movie that 10 years down the line, people will be like, hey, this movie's actually still pretty good. Yeah. So... Similar to Ready Player One, uh, B-plus here, because again, it's kind of a B-horror movie, even with its high sort of artsy concept, but it's really well done for what it is, and Mm -hmm. I I had a good time. We we actually, in, uh, in, when I saw it, had the textbook cliche popcorn spill because of a jump scare moment in the theater, like 10 minutes into the movie, jump scare, popcorn everywhere it was it was incredible ah i so wish i was there to have seen that (laughs) yeah it's a it's a a b plus movie for me too um i find the ending a little corny uh well that's not true the ending itself is not exactly aspects about the ending are are kind of corny um but for some people that's gonna work it's not like it doesn't play out with the characters or anything it just comes off a little cheesy for me but maybe i'm just cynical but yeah. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I think it's. A, I agree with Tim the rest of the way, though. It's a very fun, very well fun. Maybe not be the right word, but it's a good film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If only so many first-time directors could craft such a well-made film. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see what else uh, Krasinski can do as a director. Although we'll uh, probably be seeing him next in uh, in more just a, an acting role. I think he's he's got something on Amazon coming up. Yeah, I think he's doing the uh, Jack Ryan. Jack, yeah, Jack Ryan. yeah, Jack Ryan. So he's a superhero at some point. Maybe he's not. Oh, maybe that's Zachary Levi, who are different people. I think it's Zachary Levi that I'm thinking of. I I think maybe it is. Yeah, it it is one of those cases where it's like, wait, they are 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 they different people? They are different people. They are totally they are. different people. They are. This is not like a Bryce Dallas Howard Jessica Chastain problem, but it's kind yeah, of yeah. It's 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 in the same vein. So yeah, that's the that's the spring fling thing, folks. Yeah, yeah. 
as as we record this, the uh, the first big movie of the summer, which now starts in spring, apparently, is about to come apparently. out. We, of course, will be going to see it and uh, talking about it shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. Avengers Assemble again. Again. Marvel Cinematic Universe, episode 18? 19. 19? 19. 19. 19. Episode 19. 19. Oh. It'll be 20 before the summer is out, but this is 19. Yeah. That's 19 movies in about 10 years. Mm, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, we will talk to you about that later. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.